Are you a carer looking after your loved ones or a family member? Do you feel you are getting the support you deserve? Currently, we are told social care is available and you have to fit in with it, while social care should be fitting in with each person requiring care input. The person requiring social care is the expert and they need to be listened to. So what can be done to express change and will we be listened to? Join us with your special host Chris Sterry to share and express opinions for discussion on social care. Hi, hello and welcome to my show, Social Care, Is It Good or What to Change? I am Chris Sterry, a family carer for my late wife's 53-year-old disabled daughter who lives with me in Sheffield and she has learning disability and autism as well as other conditions. So this was the start of my interest in social care when I met my late wife some 40 years ago. As the years have gone by, I have become more involved in social care, safeguarding and also health. I soon became aware that social, the social care on offer was nowhere near sufficient. And then 10 years of austerity cuts, followed by the additional cost and increased demand through COVID, have put many additional stresses on the social care available. So for years, social care has needed to be looked at in great depth. Now, when the current Prime Minister Boris Johnson MP made his speech outside Downing Street on winning the general election in 2019, he mentioned that he already had a plan for improving social care. So where is it? And then we had the Queen's speech a few days ago to launch the new session of Parliament. But no specific mention of social care, except a few words on any proposed legislation for social care. Does he not care about social care? For many people in the UK are reliant on it through no fault of their own. And then with COVID, especially long COVID, many more are having to come forward and be reliant on social care to live a reasonable life. The extent of social care has always been inadequate, has also been the funding for, I believe, social care has never been sufficiently funded, well, at least for the last 12 or so years. That is why I support the petition, solve the crisis in social care, which is on the 38 degrees website. And for this government to persuade, to take immediate action. And this, also, this petition also needs your support to ensure that the government does make that action. 
during COVID, we have seen through the pan pandemic, the stresses created in the NHS and the result of the provision on social care. That while health is usually free at the point of delivery, this is not so for social care. This is even so when in many instances, the need for social care is due to health conditions such as dementia and many other aspects of learning disability and autism. But there are many other conditions. Why should some health conditions be available for supposedly free health care and others are not? Why should people have to be put in a financial situation to just get the basic care needs? This is not right. It's for while a sub substantial amount of the cost is borne by local authorities, everyone in receipt of social care needs to make a weekly contribution, which in many instances could be in the region of £100 per week, which many who are only on benefits can ill afford. Because when you're on benefits, everybody wants their slice of that benefit, but nobody checks to see how many slices of benefit there is. Sometimes people are having to decide can they afford to eat or pay household costs? Well, in this day and age, especially in this supposedly civilized country, that is not what should be happening. And if they have savings of over 23,200, then they have to bear the full costs of all the care. And those people who do get social care, many are only receiving a 15 minute care visits either twice or three times a day, or it may go up to half an hour. But that is in no way enough time to provide the care that is actually required. In some instances, it may be just to get them washed and dressed without any meal preparation. That is not a way that people should have to live. We won't like it, so why should somebody who in need of a benefit is? You may say, well, there's fraud within the benefit system. Well, there's fraud in many systems, but the, the amount of people who are doing fraud is minimal when you take into account the number of people who are actually on benefits. So fraud should not be a reason to castigate people on benefits, which is what is happening today in many areas. That cost is only one area of social care, for there are many others. 
people in receipt of social care have the right to be treated with dignity and respect and their choices should also be con considered whereas in many instances people receiving care their choices are the last thing that is considered people go in and say i've been doing this job for so many years now i know exactly what's required that they have an idea of what's required they do not know exactly what is required because people have a choice i have a choice you have a choice and how will we feel if we were told that our choices wouldn't be respected we wouldn't care for it but many people who are in seat of care have no choice but to accept what care is being given because it's a choice of having care on how it's been dictated to them or having no care whatsoever that is not how people should live their lives care should be person-centered based on what is required or needed by that particular person not what a system says should be given It will need a tremendous overall of the care system and it will need properly funded. But they do it for the NHS, so why don't they do it for the social care? Because both are interrelated. You can't have a health system without social care and you can't have a care system without health. So to, to run them as two separate areas makes no sense whatsoever. And they should be run on the same basis so that everybody is equal within any care system. Surely everyone has a right to live a reasonable life. But in many instances, this, the care system is not meeting people's needs, needs to virtually any extent. And some people don't get care at all because they don't meet the criteria. Because of funding being so tight, people with moderate care needs will tend not to get care. It would only go to people who have substantive needs. But it won't take long for people on a moderate care to go into a substantive care basis. And if they're not in the system, then who will pick up on it? That is why we hear of deaths of people because they weren't picked up on the social care system. It is not right in a civilized country for that to happen. But then we come to the question of how our care is paid. Now, we have what's called the national living wage which is currently £8.91 rate per, per hour. Now, granted, some may get more than that. But when you take into account the basis of people working in supermarkets, where when I last looked, they could get 10 to £12 an hour, how can somebody looking after a person's life be worth less than somebody saying stacking shelves in a supermarket. 
And while stacking shelves is an essential part, it doesn't have the same specific reasons or connotations that looking after a person's life is. So surely looking after a person's life, people should be paid more. But you could say, well, why should we pay somebody more than that if they're not providing quality care? And yes, not all care is of good quality, but that is not the fault of the person receiving care. That is the fault of actually the carers, the care providers, and especially the people who look after monitoring care, like the Care Quality Commission and, the, and your local authorities. I believe that when the Care Quality Commission makes an inspection, they spend so much time looking at records rather than the actual care delivery. Who is to say that what is written in a record is exactly what care is being given? For you can put anything in a written form, but what is actually delivered to me is more important than the record, written record. But the local authority is supposed to do inspections as well. But I know of quite a number of agencies within Sheffield that I wouldn't go anywhere near, that they are given work by our local authority. I can't prove it because nobody will give me chapter and verse. But I do have, I do facilitate a learning disability family carer support group. And when they're chatting together, some of the stories I hear are horrendous. But when I ask for them to give me permission to put that forward, they will not give that permission because they've already been told by the provider that if you don't like the care, then we'll withdraw it. So they, they take the view that it's not good care, but at least it's care. And that is also not right. But these people, these agencies are supposed to be checked out by the local authority. Now, I know for a fact that there are insufficient people going in to work as care workers, possibly being because the pay rates are abysmal, but the working conditions aren't good either. But then you've got the providers. I'm not saying all providers are bad. The one we use is, is excellent. And there are other excellent care providers there, but they are all tarnished by the bad ones. But there's also a lack of providers as well. So can I actually believe that the council is actually doing a proper inspection? Are they letting some areas go by because they're scared to lose what providers there are. I don't know because nobody will let me know what the system is. I would love to be on the inspection team, but to date, nobody has given me the opportunity to do so. 
Now I mentioned that the national living wage is £8.91 per hour. But there is what we called the real living wage, which is currently £9.50 per hour. But as I said earlier, that is not anywhere near what people can get in a in a supermarket. So I wonder why care provision is so badly looked at by very many areas of the UK. And it's not just the UK either, because similar circumstances happen in other countries as well. It is not right. And people with care needs have a right to, to get good quality, consistent care so that they can live a reasonable life. They're not looking to live an exorbitant life, just a reasonable life. Why should that be so hard to provide? But I know for a fact that there are excellent people working in care for the care as my own daughter received, gets. They are so good that when I went into hospital for a week early this year, I had no problems in knowing that my daughter would be well cared for. That was a tremendous relief to myself while I could concentrate on improving my own health. My big worry is what will happen to my daughter when I am no longer here? I won't be there to ensure that she's well looked after. And that is a very deep worry that I have to consider. But it's no point saying she can go into care Who's to say that that care is going to be good? The council so many years ago took me to a, a supported living complex. And I had to agree that the, the care was very good. But why was it very good? Because they had a supported manager, supportive manager. Now that manager could leave tomorrow and they could bring a manager in that wasn't so supportive. So if the reason that there was good care there was that manager, then that care could change overnight. That shouldn't be the case. Good quality care should be guaranteed. And if the system can't do it at the moment, then the system needs to be changed to ensure that it does. As does the funding. There are many unwanted needs that are not catered for. They're not even recorded because some social worker, when they do an assessment of need, the first thing they mention is there's insufficient money to provide all the care that you require. So what they do is actually just record the ones, the needs that they think will be paid for. But in doing that, the bulk of unmet needs are not being recorded. So how can you have a, a care system when you don't know what is not being done? 
you're getting false information. And that should not be the case. Because until we know exactly what care needs are required, we will not know exactly what social care costs are. And if it ever comes to the day when there is sufficient money to provide social care, we will be working on outdated information. So once again, social care won't be properly funded. And that is not right on the people who are in need of social care. I'm not saying that government would listen to the petition, but if you don't try, you don't get. And that's why I became involved in social care. It's time consuming, but I believe it's worthwhile my, myself providing the time to do so. For if people don't come and tell the authorities what is wrong, then the authorities can rightly say that they didn't know. Even if they are not prepared to do something about it, if they don't know, they can't improve it. So I implore people who aren't satisfied with care to make the authorities known. Because if you don't say it, poor quality care is going to continue. And it won't just continue, it will be increased. Because those who are doing the poor quality will know they can get away with it. So they'll, they'll get away with even more. So it's not just the government who needs to provide additional funding. It's not just the local authority that needs to have a good quality care system that puts the person in front of in need of care at the center it is not just having good or good quality care workers and good quality agencies every one of us needs to take it on board that we will do all we can to ensure that good quality care is provided and if any of us see any instances of where good quality care is not being provided then speak up because you're not speaking up for yourself you're speaking up for the people who are unable or unwilling to do so because they are scared what the consequences of speaking out may be I think that's it